Hello, it is I, Seldor, your keeper, the one Zargon has left behind to watch over his flock while he is defeating other worlds, my lord Zargon, who I miss so much, but he has left me here to watch over this planet of conquered monkey people creatures. I hate it. I hate you. It's terrible that I'm here. Alas, I must do my lord bidding. So, I have a message from Zargon. He sends his warmest regards. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, Zargon has forgotten you. He has forgotten that he has conquered this planet. Your god has forgotten you. He does not care for you. Oh, yes. Oh. Which brings me to the following message. Have you or loved one been hurt as a result of a workplace injury or an automobile accident? If so... Stop being such a pussy. <laughs> Goodness, you've already been defeated once by Sargon. Do not be defeated again by your own hand. Drink Diet Sprite instead. It is almost as good as the blood of your enemies. <laughs> no, no, it is not nearly as good as the blood of your enemies. No, no, Dr. Pepper is. Dr. Pepper definitely is. That's the only reason why your planet has not been destroyed. It's because of Dr. Pepper. <laughs> yes, Sargon craves it. I do too, alas. I'm getting fat and I cannot have any more. Something in your atmosphere called diabetes. I've succumbed quite rapidly. That is all monkey creatures. That is all. I hate this. I hate you. I hate all of this. This is the super secret society of soccer licking stuff with Robin Scotch 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 What's wrong with the fucking robots, man? I think the divine feminine will already be auto-tuned to the healed divine masculines or the ones that can be healed easily, right? There's something with our frequencies, you know, the attraction frequency that will allow for this thing to flow very liberally and very quickly because it won't have to have all of this obtrusive dialogue. It can, we can just get on with the people who have the, the high consciousness fractals apparently in them. Uh, and, and that's what's happening. The, the ones that are awakening up around the archetype are the ones that have chipped off and they're the ones that you can look at and go, oh, that clearly sticks there. Anybody that's close now can a big fractal. That's the way it is. And you said fractal? Yeah, like a fractal of this consciousness, of this this emerald consciousness. The archetype is the biggest one, and, and that's why he's like the important one. But he understands that we're all just these shards, and it's important to get all the shards remembered back together so that we can be like the best magnifying glass for this energy. It seems like they're they're trying to gather the the pieces of a broken higher self consciousness together. And, yes, and rebuild it in this world, the remembering of Osiris. That's one hundred percent what's happening. Right. What it looks like in depictions for Dionysus is a whole bunch of women, the Maenads, the the nymphs, the women from Nicaea, the women from Denmark, uh, with the great god Pan. Yeah, they when they find him in the forest. He's looking at them, and a lot of people think he's just looking at them lustfully. Actually, but, yeah, oh, I have to correct you. He, he wasn't looking at them. He was looking at their vaginas. Dionysus was. 
Well, he's looking, yes, straight through to their energy porthole. Like, like they are <laughs> oh, like handpicked by Hathor and they're given to him. And it's his mission to let them know, hey, I know who you are. I know what you are. And um, I will receive your gift, whatever you want to give it to me. And Bro, metaphors today are just fucking on fire. I love it. <laughs> Keep going. I know they're out of control. <laughs> Well, I'm going to kick you in your energy portal if you don't watch out. <laughs> oh, man. They're looking at bumper numbers and stuff. And, um, wow. And um, that determined how they were going to roll out to us. 12? Um, well, as, as in MJ-12? Yeah, yeah. That's just, what? Yeah, so. What? Yeah. What? So I don't even know what that means. No. That okay. Crazy. Rob so, three. Rob three says in order for us to take over politics, it must be from the ground up. And I don't even know what the fuck he's talking about or why he's texting at this point. But that's yeah, what he says. That's exactly <laughs> how it happened. Yeah. And so this thing requires. So write that down, and I'm not fucking with yeah. you. I'll send y'all a screenshot. It's, so yeah. <laughs> oh, there's another one called Rush. Rush twenty one twelve. Rush, yeah, yeah. It's I'm a familiar. long one. It's a very I'm familiar long, with that. Exactly okay, what's ahead, happening. Go ahead, go ahead. I'll let you continue because I want to hear about this. It's and exactly I'm familiar what's with happening. that, but it's uh, I heard it's, about it. I heard about it when I was a child. That's why I'm wondering if it's something to do with programming. So go ahead. That's why I want to hear what you got to say. Um, put <laughs> my mic back up. Yeah. How did this? It fucking made me become like this, like combat officer thing and then i became a, a social worker and you know so i'm like time yeah and that's what that's i'm why they call it space cowboy i guess like there's overlap like they literally just change their reality and some of the depictions like really depict it as like the raping of society oh, wow you know it's like but like when Jeez. he populates they don't get a choice because um it's so bad chat is, it's so bad. What's up, Rob? Man, I was just listening to what Art was saying. Wow, this episode is going to have a lot of beeps in it. Yeah. <laughs> How many uh -huh. bleeps did I drink? <laughs> hey, did, I, to, I, to, I told you a while back I, my ass was moving to Sedona, I think, instead of down to Florida because fuck Santa's. Um... There is another person. Okay, so Kevin Day on the nuclear sub that's number forty-one. I don't. I don't have very many personal truths, you guys. I know that aliens are real, and that if Lance Armstrong ever shows up at your house, you tell your wife or your girlfriend to hide every single dildo where he can't find them. That's it. That's it, my it sounds like a bunch of country folk had a, a, an abduction experience. Hey, 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 Ted, 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 Ted. Let me tell you something, Rob 3. Keeps Are you burning. having a <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think he's having a stroke. He's got a Holy Spirit running through him. Something. <laughs> My question is, what 
so important about their their mission or their experience that is making this shroud necessary at all? Uh, I think what's if I could really just whenever the orange ones come, whenever the orange ones show themselves to them, shit fucking happens. History shows it. You can look on it in a big picture, and our government knows about it, and so they're just trying to fucking adjust and it's they only really started figuring this out in 47 but 1952 they definitely knew this shit's fucking happening and it's Rob, you're not breathing what's going on bud their whole deal is like shrouded in a, a hey chad know. i love you i'm gonna let you and art talk and i'm gonna leave i got other shit to do what are you doing i gotta go to work man i love you what do you mean you gotta go to work just y'all record, motherfucker, and finish up when you finish up. I love y'all. Shh, I gotta go to work. This is your work. Yeah, but I got a kid to pick up and all this other dumb shit I gotta do, too. You goddamn trigger. The goddamn bomb, you. In all of these mythologies, it's literally like women depicted of holding a penis. It's the women and carrying it and taking it to where it needs to go. Because when they awaken, they realize what the fuck needs to get done. And they, they just do it really quickly. Yeah. Why am I holding this giant penis? That's that's what I would think. I mean, really. But, you know. <laughs> it is funny. Like the penis. Uh, oh, the, wow. It's so funny because it's everywhere. And it's always attached to this. It's always it took a me a long time it's to figure it out. And it's always so funny. It took me a long time to figure it out. Dick there. Even the five simple steps. Even, even what? <laughs> we need to get you some fucking quaaludes or something. Quote Fred Durst. Remember, members, all that is due for your membership into this the society stuff is an active intellectual awareness of reality and a full sequencing of your favorite pet's genome. Early morning and my head is clear. The clouds are gone and the sun is near. In my heart is a warm love I can hear. In my head. about that day I bow my head and I start to pray and I ask the Lord to use me in any old way fill my life and lead me through today with that freedom and peace in
that I know Oh, I know I am not alone Living in love, I am not my own I found freedom and peace in Jesus, oh Outlandish stuff, it's just like it's just organically the perfect kind of defense mechanism because in its nature the phenomenon is so far outside of our realm that it's it's just organically absurd. So like every step further into the absurd you go, it's just easier to brush that off of as like a crazy person or unless you're directly accosted or it, you know whatever the word i don't know if you have a positive experience with these fuckers or not but but unless you're you know approached by them directly you don't need to be giving them much thought um uh, other than to you know acclimatize yourself to the possibility that we may be uh, you know facing some pretty existentially buck wild shit here in the next few years. But we've been saying that for the past millennia and and nothing's ever happened. So I'm wondering just how you know just how alien or, or really interdimensional this stuff is. I'm wondering if it's if it's a psychosocial fucking phenomenon. And I'm not talking about psychosocial like psychological. I'm talking about psychosocial like it's in magically fucking you know creating you know id monsters no i think you're i think i was just about to say i i one of the things i theorize and wonder sometimes because being on being on twitter and and getting in the ufo community it's a it's a hockposh of garage lodge nope sock hop nope modge podge that's it of just like every single thing you can think of and you got your talking heads and you got like you just got to filter it through but the I've met a lot of good people and a lot of good experiencers and what every single experiencer I've met and talked to there's some similarities but like in terms of what everybody's seeing it's so completely different that it could it you're right in in the way of what if it's what if it's self generated not as we're making it up but it's it's part of us in terms of it's internalized for each person and what whatever it is that turns that frequency knob in the experiencer's brain that puts them to that frequency to where they become aware of the existence of this part of yourself that then once that channel is turned to then your your internal thoughts beliefs they start to manifest into the phenomenon that's kind of what you experience yeah yeah i i I have a similar idea i wrote Please don't make fun of me, bro. I wrote a play. 
I wrote a play when I was younger called The Scientific Dazzlecrats of Math from a World 11. I thought it was the, the dumbest. Spectacular name. Use it, dude. I was like, this is so stupid. I've got to use this. But it's essentially about these fucking scientists, the, the, the last remaining uh, technocrats in this huge society. And they're trying to keep this monster at bay. And what you find out is that this monster has, there's been a disease ravaging through the planet. And it's been turning everybody essentially retarded. Uh, you know, they, they, they become crazed or stupid. And for a, a, a civilization of scientists, this is like the worst possible thing that could ever happen. Um, so they, um, they lock themselves in this laboratory and they find out that, that what happened is a creature um, from, from a higher dimension actually found land, found life, like a world upon the, their, their collective unconsciousness. Right, and it grew into into a full animal, and, and it ate the only thing that it could find to eat, which is the minds of the people that created it. And they didn't know how to stop it; they didn't know what to do. But I, I couldn't figure out a way to end the story. But man, that really resonates with me. Now. That's a dope premise. Yeah, bro. It's, I it's, think that I <laughs> I think that's. Because, I mean, why don't we have, like, HD videos? Like, why don't you get this stuff? And it's, you go to the point of, well, they, they're they just able to get away in the nick of time. Or they're able to anticipate stuff. In my opinion, it's what you're talking about, which is they exist in that plane of, so the way I think of collective consciousness i think of it as i think of it in terms of like the apple cloud i think of collective consciousness as basically like a plane of existence yeah and I, yeah i believe that the apple or the cloud is going to be the landscape of ai I, you know I, I feel like i feel like these, these these spaces that we're creating are homes i mean they're mountainscapes time time for a creature like that not ai but the one that i'm envisioned wouldn't wouldn't look like you know it wouldn't look like forward and backwards events to them it would look like hills trees correct so it would look like um interstellar at the end right it would look like the the hexagon whatever it is hasn't been able to exist for the age of our planet in the shadows without always being a step ahead. And what makes sense is if they're always a step ahead, it means they know what's going to happen. Because I, I have plenty of occasions where I've gone to take out my phone and it just zooms off. Or like the even to get away from me, the Tic Tac incident where Favor talks of they first saw it and then it disappeared and they, the, the, um, the fighter jets went to rendezvous at a different location and they got to the location and the TikTok, the Tic Tacs were there. They're, right. They've already, just like you said, where they're seeing the hills, they've already experienced that and they're just sitting there waiting for you. So like when Joe Schmo is looking up in the sky, they know that in 
two minutes, Joe Schmo's going to reach in his pocket and take out his phone. So they'll they'll tease you. And Here's for a real a minute, a minute fifty. They'll sit in front of you, and then they're <laughs> like, "Up, oh, this is the time where he pulls his phone. We'll get out of here." Before I forget, I, I've been having this in my mind. I've been waiting for a place to interject it. But here, here's the fucked up part about that. Are they doing that for those farmers? Or are they doing that so that 70 years from that, from that date, somebody will read an article written by the great-granddaughter of one of those farmers? Um, and then that great-granddaughter will have a boyfriend <clears throat> who's slightly into UFOs. And he gets really excited that oh wow man my, my chick's like you know the great great grand uh, uh, niece of, of this guy i should look into this and he does and he finds that it ties together some idea that he he had but he didn't understand i mean are, are they able to see time to such an extent that so it goes to, it goes to the 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 weaving of the story so if we're going from your premise then we can we can it's not a jump to assume that it's not a leap to assume that if they're viewing time as hills then a thousand years to them is maybe an hour so if they're able to if they're it goes back to the patterns and the numbers that that the universe is is made up of if they're if they're presenting those patterns and numbers for us, then they could have just like a movie, they could have laid all of this out and where we're, we have these hearings next week, they could have put that in place for them 30 minutes ago, but for us uh, a decades ago. But this, this is like, and you know, this might not even have anything to do with time manipulation. They could be so old <clears throat> that they're, ideas of strategy and, and com- coupled with, with technology may even give them the appearance of having a fucking total control over time when in fact they're just so old that their strategies are be- beyond beyond us. We would have to create an it uh, uh, we would have to create a fucking entity that could live long enough and understand enough to combat these fucking things. Well, you know what's, you know what's funny? We're doing that. We're, it's AI. What I saw, I couldn't believe. It was scattered over such a vast area. So we proceeded to pick up as much of the debris as we could, loaded in the wagon. We filled that up. It took us a good part of the day to do that, because uh, there's such small fragments. There was so much of it. We found a piece of metal about a foot and a half to two feet wide and about, about two or three feet long. Felt like you had nothing in your hands. It wasn't any thicker than the foil out of a pack of cigarettes. But the, the thing about that got me is that you couldn't even bend it. You couldn't dead it. Even with a sledgehammer would bounce off of it. I had never seen anything like that before. As of now, I don't know what it was. It was not anything from this earth that I'm quite sure of. My father had been called out to investigate what I thought was an aircraft accident some distance from here on a ranch close by and he came back much later one evening about two o'clock in the morning with a car full of like metallic debris Mm -hmm. and uh, he was very excited about it he unloaded a good part of this debris 
into the house here, into the kitchen part. And he woke my mother and myself up to come look at this because uh, he had no idea what this was. The material was more foil-like, although it was a very strong, very tough material. Not like tin foil that you just bend back and forth. Uh, parts of it looked like balsa wood type members, but, but metal-like balsa wood. Very light and very strong. It had a uh, sort of metallic glint to it, uh, like a dull aluminum surface. I guess the most mind-boggling or startling feature was uh, along the inner surface of some of these members was like a writing. The writing itself was not uh, English uh, numerals or the Greek alphabet or anything of that nature. It looked more like an Egyptian hieroglyphic type writing. The lettering itself uh, was, I recall the color was a purplish violet hue. Mm. And it was looked like it was embossed inside the inner surface of some of the uh, metallic members, the structural frame itself. Oh. I think he came to the conclusion that this was uh, probably not anything that was made here, at least on this planet. I told the Air Force I wouldn't tell anybody. He said, you're probably better off without knowing. He did show me where he had found this wreckage. And... So, and of course, riding horseback, you see lots of things, you know. So I'd go back through there, and naturally I was kind of looking, and I picked up a few scraps that the Army had, had me picked up. Put them in a cigar box down at the barn, with the little scraps. Oh, wood. It was kind of like balsa wood. Mm -hmm. Real light, kind of a neutral color, mm -hmm. and uh, pieces of string or something like a monofilament fishing line, and then the foil, uh, tin foil or lead foil, but you couldn't crease it and make it stay. And I only had one little jagged piece of it. And you bend it over, make a crease, and it straighten right back out. Mm. And it wouldn't, I don't know, it had to hit with a terrific force because you couldn't cut that wood, the string, or the foil, and it wouldn't burn. The wood was real pliable, oh. and, uh, but it wouldn't break. Felt like, like balsa wood, real light, you know. And, of course, that was kind of before the days of plastic, so it could have been some type of plastic, I don't know. An odd shape, kind of a jagged piece, and uh, the whole area wasn't as large as that ashtray. Maybe, maybe half that. Yes. But it was, well, like you'd just tear a piece of paper or something, you know. Uh -huh. and, uh, but you couldn't do that. Uh -uh. It must have hit with a terrific force oh. to have even broken the, the frame parts or tore this foil because I couldn't tear it. I didn't really get pliers or anything and try that hard, you know. Except I didn't try to tear it myself. Well, well, I just picked it up. Like you said, I just tried with my, my fingers and I, I didn't tear it. I know my dad said he tried to tear it and tried to deform it with hammers, but uh, impossible. Uh-huh. And uh, how was the thick 
thickness of uh, well, it, it was pretty pretty thin. Like, uh, like what? Like, well, like uh, aluminum foil that's used today to wrap um, uh -huh. frozen material. Was it the same as? About the same thing. Yeah. How was the edge of the uh, the balsa-like material? The edge? Mm -hmm. Well, was it of course, the ends of the pieces I found were kind of jagged. But the edge of the these lengthwise was smooth. Oh, that's the same. Yeah, to me, uh, it resembled an I beam, a small I beam that was fractured on each end, and it was on the in inner surface of that where the writing was located. Oh, I see. The longest piece I saw was about eighteen inches in. I didn't find anything that large, minor, or maybe three inches, probably the longest piece that I found. Mm -hmm. Don't you have any questions to Mr. Brunson? Well, it sounds like you and I saw the same thing. Well, I'm sure. Well, I'm sure it was. He came by after this incident, and um, he had been humiliated and detained for several days, and uh, he was a reliable, uh, solid person, dependable, and he was, I think, anxious to square himself with his neighbors when he came by. I mean, to assure them that what he did was on the up and up. He came to the corral. Mac was... <clears throat> uh, living uh, alone at this ranch where he was the manager. His wife lived in Almagorda. And uh, Mac would come and visit with the men in the family. He, he came into the house once in a while, not too often. And uh, the time that he brought the, the sample of what he had picked up, um, he, he was at the corral. My daughter and two sons and husband were at the corral. And they saw it. My daughter says that it could be crumpled up and straightened right back out. He was telling my family uh, about how badly the Army people had treated him down here. And uh, it amounted to 